From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel. Providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. I'm very excited today to have a special guest, Orly Waba, who is the founder of global nonprofit LifeVest Inside, a kindness expert who's an educator, best-selling author, entrepreneur, and keynote speaker who inspires audience to take action. Her talks and workshops provide the groundwork for lasting change and motivate people to become the best version of themselves so they can influence the world for good. Drawing from her personal journey, groundbreaking science, and her signature wit, Orly inspires people to tap into the power of kindness, the most underutilized skill in today's world. Life Vest Inside gained international acclaim when Orly's award-winning film, Kindness Boomerang went viral, receiving over 100 million people landing her a spot at TED 2013 and launched what was to become as known as the Kindness Revolution. Welcome, Orly. Thank you so much, Bill, for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, this is a topic, uh, you know, I, I, it's just, it sounds wonderful to discuss and uh, I'm very excited to have, have you as a guest. So I'm going to start, usually, you know, I have my questions, uh, but I'm going to start out with a story which will lead to a question, okay? So sure. this, is, this is actually a story I've never really shared other than my immediate family, but I've never stopped thinking about it. I was on a summer vacation many years ago with my wife and daughters. I believe we were either camping or had a simmer, and one night we were shopping at a popular grocery store in Kiryat Shmona. As we stood in the checkout line, a family with young children were checking out ahead of us. The cashier finished ringing up their purchases and asked for their credit card. Unfortunately, their credit card was denied, so the cashier directed them to the store manager to receive approval for a personal check. Unfortunately, that was refused as well. I will never forget the look on both the children's and the parents' faces as they had to leave the store without their shopping cart. Honestly, my first reaction was one of annoyance, that I had to wait 15 minutes in line until their problem was dealt with. However, by the time we got to our destination, I realized I had missed a golden opportunity to help strangers and provide an educational example to my children. Too bad I had not watched Kindness Boomerang video before going into that supermarket. So my first question is, why do you think so many of us miss opportunities to provide a little bit of loving kindness to strangers when they arise? First of all, that's uh, such a fantastic story. And uh, unfortunately, the, fa- the fact that you, that you were able to, even when you got to your destination, stop and realize that it was a missed opportunity, to me, the way I see that, that's already a very, very big step. Because as you said, a lot of people miss those opportunities because our awareness is an increase. If you could ask anyone in the world, you know, do you believe in kindness? No one's going to say, no, you know, kindness, that's not for me. I'll pass on that. I'm not interested. Everyone believes in kindness. And people also believe, for the most part, that they're kind. I don't think that anyone's going to go around saying, "I'm, I'm a terrible, evil person. The thing is that because kindness is such a broad topic, it's such a broad thing, we don't necessarily take notice to these simple things. Some, a lot of people also attest kindness to potentially to charity, right? You know, they look at it as a to-do list type of check item where, you know, I'm going to go and uh, maybe volunteer in a soup kitchen or go and visit, you know, an old age home 
And they look at that as the representation of kindness. Now, I'm not putting those things down. I think that those are wonderful things, you know, they're fantastic things. But a person could go, for example, and, you know, uh, be in a, you know, be volunteering in a soup kitchen and they can come out and give another person a look up and down that makes that person feel like zero. Is that person a kind person? And the truth is, kindness isn't an action. It's not something that we do. It's really something that we live. It's the way in which we look at the world, but it begins a lot with the way in which we look at ourselves. For example, the man that is known as the, the man of kindness, okay, our forefather, Abraham, right? Known as the man of kindness. He never did an act of kindness. Now, that might sound a little bit crazy, but he lived kindness. It was, it was just part of his natural being. It was looking at the world through the lens of kindness, that there was always that lookout for opportunities, right? His tent was up on mm-hmm. all sides to see where is there somebody that I can help. And so what we need to do is simply raise our awareness and recognize that it's not like you have to stop in your day or schedule. You know, yeah, I do kindness uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays from two to three. You know, you missed me. You have to make an appointment for next week, for next mm-hmm. month. I'm, I'm, I'm booked at this. It's not like that. Oftentimes, they come in the simplest, in the things that happen in our everyday life, it's what happens as we're going from point A to point B, just like your grocery store uh, story. It's those simple things. And how do we increase our awareness? Well, number one, the fact that you recognized it afterwards, that's already a huge step. Most of us are not necessarily seeing these opportunities because we're very much engaged in our own day-to-day, in the busyness and hecticness of our day-to-day life. But I said something earlier. I said that Kindness begins with how we see ourselves. And mm-hmm. the truth is, if we recognize and see ourselves in other people, we'd see those opportunities more often. What, what do I mean by that? Well, it's really the concept of empathy. Because if we look, if we look and there, there is something, we can see ourselves in every single person. And by doing that, we judge people less and we're more open to wanting to help them because we envision, what if I was in that position? Or we connect some, a, a, a similar a situation in which we were in that position. You know, what would I do? What would I want somebody to do for me? And so it's about increasing our awareness, opening our eyes and strengthening our eye muscle. I always say, you know, people go to the gym, right? And they work out, they exercise their legs, their abs, their arms, they're doing all this exercise. Now, when you first go to the gym and you didn't exercise in the longest time ever, it hurts. Yes. Right? You feel definitely. sore. It really it hurts you. But when you, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. But our muscle, our eyes, they're a muscle just like everything else. We have to start increasing our eye muscle to start seeing the opportunities around us, to start seeing those moments. And that's how we're able to take more advantage of them. All right. Like I said, I should have seen your movie <laughs> back then. But uh, all right. But I'm, I'm more aware today. So let me go back to one of your beginnings or your career. You started your career as a teacher. How did you transition to be a, an advocate of kindness? By the way, my n- almost 95-year-old father-in-law is an alum of Flatbush. Oh, no way. So, uh, and, and, and he's still going strong. So uh, That's fantastic. I'm now going to continue to have a long life and see many, many great things. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, teaching, I have to say, is a very natural progression because, you know, I wanted to become a teacher. Number one, I love kids more than anything in the world. And I believe that that's really where so much change happens in the world. It's through, it's through our children. We have such a tremendous opportunity 
to, to build a kinder and a better world for the next generation simply by focusing on our children uh, and, and recognizing how important that was. And for me, I, I wanted my goal in teaching wasn't just teaching facts and figures, but it was helping my students see the beauty in themselves so they could begin to see the beauty in others. And a lot of that came from my own personal experience where I myself could have fallen through the cracks during a very, very troubling time in my adolescent years um, after we had a fire in my house and I fell into a very, very, very dark depression my, my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. I was in a very, very bad state. And the truth is, I could have easily fallen through the cracks during my time home and not in school. And during this very difficult time, I didn't have people reaching out to me, not friends. Like I didn't have anybody. I didn't feel like there was someone there for me, not even the school, to be very honest. Mm-hmm. And it could have been very easy for me to have completely gone another way. I was in, when I say I was in a state of depression, suicidal depression, it was a really bad place that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I had made a promise to myself at the age of 15, uh, to be there for people the way I had wished somebody would have been there for me. So this, and to see people the way yeah. I wish somebody would have seen me. All right. I didn't know that you the answer you would give, but it leads absolutely perfectly into my next question, which is during the past year, we've been living through a great period of hardship, namely COVID-19 pandemic. People have been sick. They've died. Many of others have lost their jobs and businesses. From your experience, have people been acting kinder to this period, or are people withdrawing and just dealing with their own worries and troubles? It's, it's a really great question, and the truth is it's hard. You can't really generalize right. what people are doing, because the truth is I've seen both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, yes, kindness is something that is definitely being spoken about more. People are able to empathize more. Because think about it like this, okay? This is the first time in I don't even know how long, where the whole world, okay, and with technology today that we can connect in such an amazing way, the whole world is dealing with the same issue, that it was affecting everybody. I mean, anytime you got onto a call, whether it was for work or for whatever, the first thing you would ask that person in whatever country they're in, how are things going by you? What's the situation there? There was a natural sense of this empathy because we were all going through something. It wasn't split up based on, uh, you know, location or religion or race or everybody was experiencing this hardship. And so it was naturally, it's naturally easier to empathize with others. And by empathizing, that automatically increases kindness because what does it do? It increases our awareness to see someone and maybe have a bit more understanding for why they may be acting in a negative way or, you know, you, you suddenly are less judgmental because you know what it's like. You know how hard the situation is. People lost their loved ones. They lost their job. They lost, you know, they lost homes. People lost the ability to put food on the table. I mean, you know, so I think that that is a very, very big reason why you would see a lot more kindness and empathy. Now, on the same, on the same note, there are a lot of people that most certainly can withdraw because they're going through such hardships and especially, we, nobody can know what, uh, you know, the adversity of another are. Yes, we can, we can, you know, empathize with them, but you can't really know what a, a person is going through. And for, for some, you know, if they're getting hit one thing after the other after the other, it's why we saw in this past year an incredible increase in the amount of suicide, unfortunately, mm. around the world. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just in one place. People felt like they had no other way out. But I definitely think that we've also seen the beauty of the human spirit shine through because it's my belief wholeheartedly that people are really inherently good. We have so much good within us. Yes. Sometimes we make mistakes a hundred percent, 
but people are really good. And if we, we give them the chance to shine, they will. And oftentimes in, in moments of hardship, that's really when the best of people come out. It can also be sometimes where the worst of people come out. But I personally have seen, I've seen, I've seen a, lot of, a lot of good. I think that there are other factors and things that have been going on in the world that have you know, made things uh, a bit crazy. But you know, oftentimes people could say, oh my goodness, you know, the world is, is going to garbage. Things, people are doing so many bad things. I happen to see, I think that there's so much good. There's so much good, but we, we tend not to necessarily see that good. There really is a lot of good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it can be both sides. All right. Well, that's, that's encouraging. Now, going back to, as you say, you love working with children. We, we hear so much these days about how young people just go from one screen to another and, and are frankly less and less interested in the outside world. What is your secret to help young people? And I've seen some of your you know, videos and, and YouTube things uh, unleash their desire and, and enthusiasm to care about other people. That's a really great question. I mean, like I said, you know, kids are the future. And like, because we are living not only in this world of COVID, which suddenly you're having kids completely separated from one another. And so their social skills, their ability to connect has decreased. I mean, it was already decreasing because of just mobile technology. I'm not saying that mobile technology is bad. It allows us to connect. But what it's done for, for children, even before COVID, is that it's taken away the ability for people to communicate, for kids to communicate and learn how to communicate. You could have two kids, all right, sitting next to each other, and they're not talking, but they're texting each other. (laughs) The the ability to communicate has gone so, so far far down. And unfortunately, we're also living in a time with with digital media for kids. The, the, The hardship that I see is that kids are constantly looking to be somebody else. And you know, it's not only kids, it's also adults, constantly looking to be somebody else because we can go online and we can go on to, to Instagram or Facebook, or whatever, and we could see somebody's profile. It looks like their life is, wow, they're living the life. Mm-hmm. Everything is the best because people don't show their hardships really mm-hmm. on social media. They're showing all of these polished images, these polished days of all the good. It, what it's doing to kids is making them feel less connected and only wanting, only looking for the sense of fame. They said that there was a study done that the next generation, the top two things that they're looking for in life that they think equals success or equals happiness is fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. That's very, very sad wow. because when it becomes that, we forget what is it that truly brings a person happiness? Why is, and there's proven fact that when a person is engaged in an act of kindness or an act of giving, that it, it is not only does it make them feel better and health-wise, it makes them come to understand their value, their natural inherent value. The way that I think uh, in terms of education, uh, in terms of really bringing this message to children, again, is through the mean medium that where they're at and where they're at is very much on media. And so there's an opportunity to bring these in- inspiring and powerful messages to, to children through media. I'll just give you an example. Kindness Boomerang, okay, the film that we were talking about. Right. I, can, I cannot tell you how many schools have shown this film and the amount of people like on the YouTube channel, I, I respond to all the comments there. Mm. Most of the comments are coming from students, are coming from kids. Most of the comments are coming from students saying, I just saw this in my school. It made me feel so good. It made me recognize that I can be something more. The more that we can, can help to encourage um, these simple acts of kindness and connection obviously the better. One of the other tools, one of the other resources that I've developed is number one, a curriculum for schools that brings these concepts into the classroom. It's been very difficult, of course, with COVID. Of course. Digitally, just you're, you're disconnected because you're not physically together, as well as um, the Kindness Boomerang book, 
which is a, it's a book of 365 acts of kindness, one page for every day of the year with an act, an inspirational quote, and then a short reflection on the power of paying it forward. And why do I say that this is a great resource? And there are other tools that we have, like we have our acts of kindness cards, because like I said, it's all about increasing our awareness. How do you help people? It's already naturally in them. I don't need to tell people to be kind. It's not a new thing that I created. It's there. But when you give somebody something specific, their awareness increases that now they see the opportunity. It's the same way like if you were in the market, for example, you were looking you know, to buy a, a Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you start seeing them all over the place. Mm-hmm. You see that everywhere. Now, it's not that they were there, not there before, but your awareness in, is increased. Or if somebody shows you a song you never heard before, all of a sudden you hear it everywhere. So when a person is given or starts their day by being able to read some, a simple act of kindness, something simple, whether it be, you know, hold the door open for someone or suddenly their awareness is going to be increased that, oh, I could take advantage of that opportunity. I remember as a teacher, I gave out these acts of kindness cards. They're similar mm-hmm. to the book, but in a much shorter way, where each card has on it a different act of kindness. Simple, simple things. And the student comes to me the next day, very excited, just going crazy. Orly, not going to believe what happened. I said, what happened? He said, you gave me a card and it said on it, hold the door open for someone. And after I left your classroom, everywhere I looked, there were doors that needed to be open. Wow. Like there was a door and there was a door. Wow, 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 and wow. I started laughing. Mm-hmm. I said, those doors are always there. But now that your awareness has increased, you have the ability to take advantage of the opportunities. And that's really what it's about. So you've you've mentioned you know how the young people obviously you know the media social media but but you're an author you're a speaker you're a filmmaker which medium do you like to work with most and and which do you think has the biggest impact on promoting your vision That's an easy one for me and that's that's film Okay I do love film very very much I mean teaching I have to say there's there is no if you're going to put media, if you're going to put film or, uh, you know, writing or being an actual teacher, being a teacher is by far the top. Mm-hmm. There is no, no greater feeling than actually being in the classroom. And that's where you make the biggest impact, the biggest impact. I have stories upon stories from, uh, from students of mine and the impact that it had because you're there with them in the classroom every day. And the greatest way to teach a student is through modeling that same behavior. I was my best version of myself when I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I knew that by, by me being the best version of myself, that's going to be the greatest teacher to these students. So there's nothing that, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't miss, uh, miss my students or miss mm-hmm. teaching. But in terms of the other, I think media, media is an amazing way. If you're not physically in a space with people, media is in a phenomenal way to connect with others because it, it touches people, it moves people, it inspires people. But inspiration is not enough. Inspiration is great, but as we all know, inspiration without action fades. So while it's great to inspire, and that's what helps bring people in, and it's very similar uh, philosophy and methodology that I use within the organization. The first step is to inspire. But the next step is you must engage. Because if you don't engage those that are inspired right away, by giving them something simple, simple, simple to do, then that inspiration will eventually mm-hmm. fade. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's, that's very much, and then once they're engaged, now you have the ability, they're open, you're building a trust, and now you're able to educate them. And what the, the, the core of the education of what, we're, what I'm looking to do with Life Essence Inside is really empowering people to recognize that who they are matters, that they make a difference. 
Mm-hmm. They inherently make a difference just because they are who they are. And when a person understands that they matter, that they have a specific and unique purpose in this world that is different from anybody else, suddenly now they recognize that their choices matter. And the moment a person truly embodies and understands that their choices matter, they're more likely to make better choices. The reason that people make sometimes negative choices is because we don't believe that our choices really matter. We don't believe that we in fact matter. But if we can empower people to understand that who they are matters, my goodness, imagine how much more positivity and productivity can be put into the world. Very powerful message. So if we're talking about choices, you, you made a choice last year. You made Aliyah, and, yeah. and you made Aliyah in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, how has Corona affected your plans this last year? So I have to tell you, I got here, and then a couple of days later, the whole entire country closed down. Wow. When things first you know, hit, I was super down because I was feeling, I've always, I've always been that way, just feeling pain of others. I was feeling just the pain of what was happening in the world. And it, it paralyzed me. I would, mm-hmm. say a good, I would say a good week and a half to two weeks. I was really, I didn't know what to do. Because wow. I wanted to help, but I didn't know what to do. And it was, it was really bad. Until I said, listen, I can keep going this way. And I'm not helping anybody. I'm not able to inspire anybody. Or I got to figure out how we do it. This is, right now, this is the reality. Okay, what could we do? What could we do to at least bring hope to people? And so... I was always doing things digitally, which was fine. I mean, we do have physical events and physical things, but I was always doing things digitally. And so I started doing a series of global video collaborations with people from around the world Mm -hmm. to help spread message of positivity, of love, of connection, to see and to find what we can take from the positive from what's going on, to be able to lift others up, to be able to help bridge the gap between people that don't necessarily connect by us all recognizing that we're all going through something together. And the, the response was beyond incredible. We had people sending in videos. There were these different video collaborations. I think right now we have about five that are out from, oh my goodness, oh, I think over 30 countries from around the world, people were submitting videos. And these, these video messages were extremely powerful. And I realized, okay, so yes, COVID is here. We can't do things the regular way. So we got to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Generally, every year we host a, a physical event called Dance for Kindness. Hmm. It's a global event that happens in over 120 cities right. around the world. And we couldn't do it this year physically. And so we turned it into a digital event with digital kindness challenges. Wow. And the response was, was really beautiful. So there are ways to pivot. It's not always easy, but there's always something that you can do. Always. You did it. All right, let me move to something else that I understand you're involved in. Can you share with my listeners you're your involved with the, I believe it's called the Social Impact Initiative and what your goals are or their goals are? 100%. So the Social Impact Initiative is a foundation that is created by um, the Seven Schwartz Brothers Trust, led by an amazing philanthropist by the name of Henry Schwartz. And the purpose of the initiative of the organization, of the entity as a whole, is really to help connect Jews back to their identity. And one of the, the, the initiatives, one of the programs called the Social Impact Initiative, is focused on teaching social entrepreneurship to Jewish youth through the Jewish lens, empowering students to recognize that there is something unique that they can contribute into the world and helping them connect to that inner passion, to that inner mission, and providing them the tools to know how to make that become a reality. Because there are many people that have dreams, right? Lots of people have dreams. Very, very few actually pursue them because there is a fear. 
If you have a dream and you pursue it, what happens if you fail? It's no longer a dream. Right. So most Correct. people like to take their dreams and put them on pedestals. Mm -hmm. And then eventually say, you know, I coulda, shoulda, woulda. It's that dream that's up, on, up there. What we want to do is we want to be able to empower students by providing them the tools, the resources, the skill set to not only tap into what the passions that they have inside are, but how they, those passions could be utilized to not only impact their life, but to impact the world for the better. Uh, and so that's exactly what this program is about. And it's an online course. Uh, we started developing this even before COVID came out. It happened to be. It, was, it came at the right time. Uh, it's an online course that students can sign up to take. It is completely free. And you go through these modules where you're learning the ins and outs of first, first and foremost, the prerequisite to be able to be a social entrepreneur or to be, or just to be in the world and to succeed in any way is to believe in yourself. And so that's, that's our first introductory course, talking about belief in self, you know, how failure is actually a stepping stone to success. And then the masterclass itself really takes the students through um, the ins and outs of becoming a social entrepreneur from developing an idea to market and industry you know, analysis, to brand identity, to program development, team building, fundraising. Uh, and they go through this program. Uh, so it's been really a pleasure working on it. And there's a lot more ways in which we're hoping to grow it. That's terrific. All right. So I'm going to end our podcast. I began with a story. I'm going to end with a story. Uh, many years ago, I had, a, I had an office. I started out in Sterod Herzl near the Sharit Sedek Hospital. This was before there were cell phones. Uh, I had to get to Tel Aviv. I was sitting with a client, and the client says to me, you know, I'm driving after this meeting near the central bus station. Do you need a lift? I said, oh, that would be fantastic. It would save me time. And I was so excited. I got in the car. He dropped me off at the old bus station, and I realized I did not have my wallet. Okay, so here, here I have, there's no phone, I have no wallet, no money, uh, and I've got to get to Tel Aviv, um, and I don't know what to do. I didn't have a phone card, I couldn't, there was no, you know, pay phone available, and there was a guy who used to sell newspapers in the old bus station, he was probably a Nechet Sahal, he only had one arm, a, a um, injured veteran, hmm. and uh, he looked at me and, and he said, you look troubled. I said, yeah, I don't know what to do, I, I have no money, I'm supposed to get to Tel Aviv, I forgot my wallet in my office, and the guy reaches under the papers, newspaper stand, pulls out a cigar box of cash, of his daily intake, and he just wow. says, "Take what you want, take what you need." Wow, wow, wow! And, and and I was so blown away by that, you know, that act of kindness. So so my question then is, do you do you think Israelis are more open to loving acts of kindness than Americans? I think that it's naturally a part of. Listen, even just religion within the Jewish religion, the entire world is built on kindness. You know, God created the world with kindness, and our purpose is to to emulate those characteristics of, of God by, by being kind to others and treating others as we would want to be treated. And so it's, it's naturally embedded into our, in our DNA. Uh, and so I, I, do, I do find that. It's funny, you know, just before, just before our call, mm -hmm. I was out in the streets of Jerusalem and I was with a friend of mine. We were going for a walk and her phone, was, her phone died and she really needed to, it to charge it. And so she went to a to, you know, one of these cellular stores on, on, on Yafo, and mm -hmm. she asked the gentleman there if she could, you know, charge the phone. He said, 100%, please leave it here. We continued on our walk, and she was so happy, and we came back, and, and, you know, the gentleman said, it was my pleasure, please, I'm so happy that I was able to help you. And she came, we came out, and she's like, wow, only, only here in Israel 
only here. And I, I, I smiled when she said that, and, you know, there is this sense of, you know, this responsibility for one another. I, I think that that's very much inherent in uh, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that the experiences that we've went through as a people, the hardships that we've went through as a people, brings that even more into focus because we understand that need to be able to rely on one another. You know, the reason that this gentleman, that he saw you and he said, you look troubled. Now, why would he see that you look troubled? Now, a person that has gone through troubles himself mm-hmm. have a much greater ability to see others that are going through troubles without them saying a word to them. Why? Because their awareness is naturally increased. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They are seeing, they're seeing and putting their life story of what they've gone through. They could see that in you. So they know what it looks like. And, and I, I think that that just perfectly, you know, you know, just, just brings it together. And uh, so, yes, I do think that there's something inherent within the Jewish people. That's not to say that others don't believe in kindness, right. of course. Of course. But nowhere in the world can you go where you know that, for example, if you don't have a place to eat, okay, for Shabbat, or you don't have some that somebody's going to take you in just on the street. They don't know you. They don't know who you are. They don't know where you're from. I once got lost trying to find um, an address. This is right when I first came to Israel. I had no idea where I was going, mm-hmm. and it was, it was the holiday of Shavuot, and I had nowhere to eat. And I'm on the street thinking that I'm at the, the, the house that I was asked to go to, and I can't find it. I can't find it. And these people there like, around my age see me, and they're like, listen, you, you, what are you going to do? Just stay on the street for, for, for Shavuot? Come, you'll come with us to where we're going. They don't know me from anywhere. Wow. But to me... That is it's just a perfect representation. And I think it's very hard for other people to understand that because it's very much just a part of, it's all about the solidarity. It's all about connections, all about the fact that, you know, we're brothers. Yes, we can fight. That's for sure. We can fight with each other. But you know what? At the end of the day, you have, we have each other's back. And I think that that's a very beautiful thing. Orly, thank you so much for taking time of your all the things you're dealing with. Uh, if people want to hear more, either about your, uh, you know, life vest inside or the social impact initiative, where, where would they find out more information? Thank you so much for having me. You can find more information by going to lifevestinside.com, or you can follow us on any of our social media channels. It's all at lifevestinside. I definitely highly recommend our YouTube channel as well. I put up a weekly video there uh, based on my book. Uh, called The Kindness Kickoff. Uh, but lifeessinside.com would be the best place to go, and you'll be able to see all of our different initiatives. And you can, of course, email me as well directly, and that's orderly at lifeessinside.com. And for the Social Impact Initiative, it's impactinitiative.co. That's where you can learn more about that and potentially get you know, students of yours involved or kids of yours involved in taking this amazing and taking advantage of this amazing free program. Thank you again so much, and uh, wishing you... Uh successful Aliyah and success in all your endeavors. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein and Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn. 